You are listening to Season 2, Episode 4 of Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH. Welcome to the podcast where we talk rock. I'm your host, GMH, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, uh, shortly, you're going to get to hear an interview with actually a returning guest, Ken Tizzard, came back on the show. Last time he was on to talk about uh, his work with The Watchmen, Thornley, Ron Hines, the solo stuff, all the music projects that he sort of worked on. But he came back on to talk about his new album, All Together Now, and you're going to hear more about that in the interview coming up. But firstly, we got to get into the song of the week. So this week's song of the week is Shaken Off the Rust by the Blue Stones. Now, I love this band. They're a two-piece, and they sort of got like a rustic rock sort of sound, which I really like personally. It's the, per- it's the perfect balance sort of between like a rock and a pop song. Um, it's got elements from so many different genres and great melody, and a very recognizable song, which is something that's, that I think is really cool. So yeah, I definitely recommend you uh, check out the song, if you haven't already. I was watching this super interesting video. Now, YouTuber and producer and musician Rick Beato, he made a video about Billie Eilish and how Dave Grohl said that she's sort of like, a modern Kurt Cobain to this time. And I sort of like how Rick Beato put it in the sense that she sort of has her own similarities in terms of character, you know, towards her, like, like her approach to the art and I guess the, the general things when it comes to pop music these days. One of the ways that she was sort of compared to Kurt Cobain was sort of how she's... she Her and her brother Phineas um, do most of the production uh, with mixing aside. They have a mixer, but all the audio engineering, all that sort of stuff is done by her brother Phineas. And she does... Like, her and Phineas do all the songwriting and that was something special to Kurt Cobain as well in the sense that uh, he sort of didn't care what other people thought he was creating the music for himself, which is something that is super important and gets lost with music these days. So I just thought I'd mention that because I thought that was a super awesome video. I, I really enjoy Rick Beato's content and That was a video that personally stood out to me. Hey everyone, today our special guest on the podcast is actually a returning guest. We're talking here with uh, Ken Tizzard, who was on the show about a year ago. Now, how have you been since we last spoke? Oh, it's been um, it's been great here. You know, I mean, I've been locked in the house um, with the mm-hmm. wife and kids, and 
My wife is uh, recovering well from her stem cell bone marrow transplant a couple of years back. Good. We're actually we're actually into year three of uh, isolation here, so mm-hmm. um, that's uh, that's been our life for a while. But you know, just basically focused on home life, um, cooking, cleaning, rearranging. I've got the studio here, so I can get in and do some recording and some writing and uh, stuff like that. So just just keeping busy, you know, the same as everybody else, I think. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna get into the new album you're releasing um, shortly. But firstly, with the Whiskey Wednesday having that online. Um, for a year, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, how has how have you sort of adapted to having that stream online? Well, it was interesting because I, I was kind of not really into live streams um, until the until all this happened, and I I tried one just sort of, sort of out of boredom more than anything else, and the response was fantastic. And um, I have continued. It's it's a year. It's almost a, going into its thirteenth month now, so it's a year old. Um, we've had a great mm-hmm. time. It gives me a chance to play music, work on new stuff, take requests, do cover tunes. You know, I've done everything uh, cover wise. I've, I've done everything from, you know, Elton John through to um, you know a lot of Bob Dylan and and folky stuff. But um, it gets outside the box there too. Yeah. It's just a chance to get together and hang out with people for an hour every week, let them escape from all the you know troubles of the world and uh, listen to some music and hear some stories. And it has, as of now, it is a, um, as of last week, it will be a weekly podcast as well. We'll be taking the audio from the show and, um, and hosting it as a podcast. So you can kind of listen to it as, you know, as your day goes down or as you're driving down the road or how, however you choose to. But uh, that's exciting too. It's been growing nicely. Yeah, cool. So your new album, that's a bit of a compilation um, featuring a bunch of different musicians all together now. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? And when did you first get the idea to make that album? All together now, um, after the very first Whiskey Wednesday online, uh, the response was so great. Uh, and I knew that everybody was kind of, you know, adapting to lockdown. Uh, as I said, I'd been locked down for a year, so I would kind of had some coping tools. Um, but I was looking for ways to help people out and to give people an escape. So, um, you know, originally it was going to be, um, I'm going to record 13 of my favorite cover tunes and, uh, you know, provide some music for y'all. Yeah. And then I had a few people message me and say they wanted to get involved. So I, I opened it up to the public, basically, and I, I put up a public post saying, I'm going to do this record. If anybody wants to get involved, I don't care if you're a professional or amateur, give me a ring. And I had about uh, 60 or 70 people uh, come and, um, you know, want to get involved, of which about 45, I think, was the final number, made it. And the ones that didn't make it, didn't make it, you know, it was for COVID variety of reasons. They couldn't get the gear they wanted or stuff was sold out or something happened with their family or their job or something like that. So it was unfortunate that everybody couldn't contribute the way that uh, we had all wanted to. But uh, we ended off with a massive, massive amount of um, musicians and we've got um you know we've got a fair number of um musicians that i know who who aren't professional musicians they have regular jobs um, but they've been musicians for a long time so we have a lot of those people um but then we also have professional musicians you know i've got um we've got members of our lady peach the watchman big wreck uh nickelback my darkest days the headstones matt mays um sean panting ron hawkins from the lowest the low the 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 list goes on and on there's a great you know we've got a really nice assortment of professionals and amateurs working together and i think it i think it's a really good thing and it's the only Mm -hmm. and this album could only exist because of covid you know um if, if if we could call it a silver lining i guess yeah and um obviously with working with that many people 
how how did the production sort of come along with it um, as as you were sort of putting that together? Well, the lion's share of that, you know, fell to Mike Turner. Um, Mike Turner is the uh, you might know him from Our Lady Peace or Crash Karma, um, but he's a producer in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. And when I started this project, he reached out to me and said, man, he said, that's going to be a lot of stuff to mix. Uh, do you want me to help with some of the mixing? And I said, sure, that'd be great. Um, and then, so what the, the basic, the, 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 uh, the methodology we took for this was I sent out uh, an acoustic, uh, acoustic guitar and vocal reference track, which was synced to a, a, a beat per minute or a, or a time signature. Yeah. Um, and, um, so everybody just got me with an acoustic guitar singing, uh, and, a, and a, um, uh, and a tempo so they could dump it into their computers and play along and they could play whatever they wanted, but nobody really heard what anybody else was doing. So at times I was getting all these puzzle pieces back and trying to make them fit. Um, and that became the, the big chore was getting the pieces from people, laying them into the file. And then getting the next person saying, you know, you get some guitar work in, and you go, okay, that's nice. And then you get some fiddle work and then some banjo and some mandolin. Right. And you have to start going through and editing, you know, what goes where. Because often, often with instruments, you know, if there's a little space in the vocal line, somebody puts a little lick in. And when you've got four or five players doing it, you've got to choose which player gets that lick. So it was a, it was a, big, um, it was a big operation of, uh, you know, cutting and, and getting things to sound right. And I'd basically sculpt them here, um, get, them, get the parts that I wanted and everything kind of playing in the same field, so to speak. And then I would send the files to Mike and he would start the forensic uh, editing, which is where he would get in and, and get the bass and the drums and everything all synced, sort of synced and locked and, and start to add tones, uh, you know, sort of, um, with, you know, just changing some basic mixing things, um, make things sound like they're all in the same physical space. And, and the amount of work that he put in and the results are amazing. I, this record would never, ever have, have gotten this far without the help of Mike Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you released a video for the song Mad World, which you covered on, mm-hmm. uh, on, on this album. So what made you decide to, you know, cover these certain songs that you've been like covering before for um long time i think most of these songs like as a like i never really played cover music um you know i started out at 13 years old playing in a punk rock band and we wrote our own stuff and and i've, I've always been with bands that have written um i've never really played in official cover bands okay. but you know being an acoustic guitar player out on the road uh there are some nights you want to fill the night up so i've started picking up some covers you know over the years and this collection is really just a collection of stuff that I really love. You know, the Tears for Fears, Mad World Choice. I mean, that was the early 80s for me, um, listening to bands like that. And that's a song that I've been playing on acoustic for years, too. So I loved it. Uh, alongside of Tears for Fears in the same genre, you know, from my history, we've got The Cure and R.E.M., yeah. Billy Bragg, um, the Boomtown Rats, um, and The Clash. And that's kind of my punk new wave upbringing. And then that's combined with things like Neil Young and Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, Slade Cleaves, Tom Petty, George Jones, um, and John Lennon. And that kind of rounds out my country folk songwriter type of stuff. So these are all songs that are very close to me. Um, it was a hard choice to make, but at the same time, once, it, once I started writing things down, it became very obvious you know, what, these, what, what was going to be on this record. And I think these 13 songs they all sort of show songwriters and, and bands that have influenced me. Um, and uh, I think it's, you know, there's enough sort of stuff there that people know that 
it'll be an interesting uh, an interesting listen for for folks as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the video to go along with uh, Mad World was uh, was super neat. Uh, what was behind that video? So again, like I talked to Mike about, uh, like with Mad World, um, yeah. I talked to a few people, uh, like Tommy Mack plays on that. Um, he's out in Vancouver. He plays bass for Headley and, um, Daniel Adair plays Nickelback in Vancouver. And we talked about me flying out to Vancouver and shooting a video, um, and maybe even bringing a few other people out, um, like, and, and actually shooting a video, a performance video of this song. But again, we, you know, played with it, played with it, played with it, but uh, there's no way to move people around the country. So I had to abandon that idea. Mm -hmm. And then I came up with the idea of, um, you know, the lyric idea, the lyric video, which everybody is doing is cool, but there was, I wanted something more than that. So I started uh, reaching out to artists, uh, friends of mine, uh, and the Mad World video, that's all photographs uh, from a Newfoundland artist named Marcel Lavandier, who's a, uh, an old punk rock friend of mine from, you know, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. And Marcel is, um, is a great sort of, um, you know, he, he does great sort of street photography. So that was the capture of, of Mad World. Uh, the next one will be for Bob Dylan's Don't Think Twice. And I've got the artwork of Tim Lee. I've got about 60 of Tim Lee's images for that. That'll come out. There's an artist in Vancouver named Rianne Holoboff who is doing a painting um, for a brown-eyed girl. And she's time-lapsing the painting, uh, the creation of the painting to be the video. Um, Al Petman is another great photographer who's contributing to one. I have a puppeteer in Newfoundland who's also working on one as well, Jake Thompson. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm merging, merging my art, you know, or music with artists, uh, visual artists, uh, stuff to kind of promote them and, you know, sort of cross promote together. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's a big grassroots movement to keep, you know, this is, this album's about everybody being together all together now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the whole idea is to make sure that's a collaboration all around. Yeah. And, uh, may I ask what, uh, what went into the cover for this, uh, album? So Tim Lee is a artist that I met in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, when I was down for a bluegrass music festival about eight years ago, and um, he had a street a booth on the street and I loved his T-shirts and I bought a couple of T-shirts and I went back and I bought a, one of his prints. And when I went back to buy his print, he was there and I got to meet him and it was cool. And then I brought a buddy back later that afternoon and we ended off spending some time with with Tim. And over the years, I've become friends with him. And when this album came out, I reached out to Tim and said, you know, do you have anything that would be I, that would work for the artwork? Uh, that you'd be willing to contribute. And he sent me back that image. And the funny thing is, he the last time he saw me, I, I didn't have a beard. That was just an image that he had. That wasn't created for me. That was an image that he created a while ago. Mm -hmm. But it, it was so perfect, you know, because it sort of it kind of almost looks like me playing in the woods with all the animals at my feet and stuff. Um, and I think it's really neat. It was just a, a total coincidence that it, that it looked so much like me, but it was the perfect... Uh, the the perfect image and i i just i love tim's artwork i'm such a big fan and i wanted to have when i decided to do vinyl on this i knew that the the album artwork would be a very important component so i was really happy when tim got involved yeah yeah well um it looks really cool and i'm uh, really looking forward to hearing uh the rest of the album now were you glad to have collaborated with so many great artists well, it was an amazing thing. I mean, I got to work with, you know, a lot of these artists I've worked with before. And I mean, yeah. it, it is fantastic to have, you know, some of the names on it, you know, like when you can drop a name like Nickelback and the Watchmen and Headley and Headstones and stuff like that. It's awesome. Uh, 
But there are so many people on this record that are just friends of mine um, that I've met over the years. Um, you know, friends from back home. Peter Collins played in like a band with my sister when I was 14, and he plays bass on this record. Um, Ward Pike uh, is another musician from Newfoundland that I, you know, I've known for years. Shane Slimmon, Kate Wan, Jeff Cormier, Neil Pinto, Matt Diamond. These people are all just people that have been in my life in different ways. Uh, yeah. David Guy, Ty Gilpin. Um, they're just wonderful people, and it was really, really nice to be able to uh, to work together like this. It was an amazing thing. I consider it a huge gift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I just wanted to ask this. So having, um, yeah. So like collaborating with all these musicians, having like Dan Danny Graves, for example, on the album who you've worked with for a long time. Um, was it a great way to sort of connect with, uh, your friends and artists, especially with the time that we're in? It really was. And one of the things that early on I really enjoyed about this project was once everybody came up and said they wanted to do something, there was then, I think almost for everybody, there was a phone call involved just to go over sort of the how it was going to happen. And I mean, most of these phone calls, even though there was only a couple minutes of information, it turned into an hour or sometimes two or three hours just chatting and catching up with people that I hadn't spoken to in years. And that was an amazing thing. And it was a good reminder for me to, you know, pick up the phone from time to time and just dial somebody's number and say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Um, with this pandemic, um, you were talking about how you've sort of been able to, you know, adapt to putting on the stream with uh, Whiskey Wednesday. Now, bouncing back and forward from being able to have your band play with you and playing solo, um, what sort of goes into the behind the scenes of the of the Whiskey Wednesday? Well, it's uh, it's taken me a long time to get the setup that I have. Um, I mean, now that I have it, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. Actually, the band is set up here at the studio and there's a microphone on, you know, there's 16 microphones out for the guitars and the drums and the overheads and the vocals and everything. Mm -hmm. So I use the same, the same Pro Tools session for, for the live stream, uh, whether it's the band or me, I just activate only two mics when it's me. Um, the biggest, the biggest shift is, you know, when the, when the band is playing, you know, we, we jam and we're writing and we're working on the new record and things are getting really great sounding. And then all of a sudden it's like, you can't see the band again for, you know, for so long, which is a period I'm at, I'm at right now where I can where I'm all back by myself. And that's frustrating. Um, you know, and then when I go back into playing solo, it's, it opens up a whole new world of songs. Cause you know, I've got a couple hundred songs in my repertoire that I can pull into as opposed to the band, which only has, you know, 60 or 70. So it's, um, you know, the gear shift is, is pretty, pretty big. One of the things about the Whiskey Wednesday and, and with any sort of studio performances, you know, you can, you can leave cheat sheets and notes, you know, on the wall behind the camera and stuff. So like some of these big, you know, 11 verse Bob Dylan songs um, uh -huh. that I pull out from time to time. It's nice to have a little cheat sheet around with, you know, at least the first verse, the first, the first word of each verse, you know, um, or something like that. Those are the type of things you can't really do live. So I do appreciate, um, you know, in this, you know, even if I like when I it was an Elton John song that I picked up a while ago, your song, and it was sort of Monday or Tuesday when I decided I wanted to learn it. And like I didn't have the lyrics committed to memory, but it was great to be able to because of the environment, you know, you can have a lyric sheet there. Um, I don't like doing that, but at the same time, it has been a little bit, uh, a little bit of an eye opener that, you know, I can pull songs out that I don't fully know just to play for the sake of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's been fun, too. So it's always a bit of an adaption. You know, it, it's, it's changing. You know, um, even simple things like, you know, when I was recording doing Whiskey Wednesdays in the winter, 
um, you know, the, there was no light outside. Now I'm doing summer and, you know, the lighting has changed because I've got sunlight coming through the windows when I'm broadcasting. So little things like that. But for the most part, it's just the mental preparation that goes into uh, a Whiskey Wednesday is more about what I'm going to play and what I'm going to talk about than it is the technical stuff right now, which is a great place to be because when I was lost in technical world, it was very frustrating. Right, right. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's neat what you're doing because you're able to reach, you know, more of an audience um, because it's uh, streamed, I guess, available to anybody all over the world. It is a very interesting thing, and I mean, there's, you know, on a on a, when you do something every week, you know, for a lot of artists, they would rather sort of do one ticketed show every three months online, mm-hmm. and you know, get sort of four or five hundred people out, and you know, charge them all ten or twenty bucks or whatever. That's fine. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I've just taken a different approach in that I want it to be there every week. I know that the, you know, you're not going to attract, you know, the same, a massive audience when you do a show weekly, but what it does do, especially important right now is it creates routine for people and, um, doing the Wednesday night is, um, it's an, it's been an amazing thing for me, you know, at any, at any point in time, there might be, you know, 60 to hundred people watching, but over the course of the hour, hour and a half of the show. Um, I'm, you know, sort of hitting into a thousand to 3000 people, which is a lot of people that are dropping in and out. Um, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's increased my reach exponentially in the last year. I mean, social media and stuff has, has really, um, I wouldn't say blown up. I mean, those are the type of terms that Alicia Keys uses, but, uh, social media for me is definitely heated up. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, I'm getting more people and I'm more people involved. And, you know, every week there's people sending me tips and buying albums and stuff online. So something's working. I'm not sure what, but it's, uh, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that the new album is available in vinyl, but besides that, where can people find, uh, the new album when it's out and, uh, you- when will it be released? Yeah, so May 18th is the official release date. Um, if you go through iTunes and down and buy it in advance, you get the uh, the, the advanced track of Mad World. Um, so iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, all of the digital partners that you can imagine it will be at, and it will be there. Um, I am working with a distribution company, so um, hopefully all, you know your local record store will have it. There will be... Um, I'm not going to do CD on this one just because uh, it's, um, it's the media is, seems to me to be dead. Um, every, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. People don't even have CD players anymore. So it's a hard thing to sell. Um, so it's a limited, it's a limited run of vinyl. And when the vinyl is done, it's done. Um, and um, it will live online forever. And you'll be able to reach it at any of your uh, music uh, retailers or through the website, my website as well. We'll have all the links you need. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Now, before we wrap up the interview, is there anything else you would like to add? No, thank you very much for having me back again. I appreciate yeah. it. And I'm glad you're doing well. Um, you know, check out the website, kentizzard.com. Uh, check out the podcast. Check out the Whiskey Wednesdays. You know, um, I'm doing what I'm doing and the world is doing what it's doing. And hopefully we meet together at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much to Ken Tizzard for coming back on the show. Uh, Like we were talking about, he was last on the show April of 2020. So I was glad that he came back on the show to talk about All Together Now. Now, like you said, the album will be available on streaming services. 
and you can also purchase your own vinyl copy on his website, kentizzard.com slash store, if you want to get your own copy of that. Now, before we end this episode, be sure to download this episode. That helps us out so much. Be sure to subscribe or follow, depending on where you're listening. And be sure to give a follow to at Talk and Rock Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And head over to our website, www.talkandrockpod.com for constant updates on new episodes and information about the podcast. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Thank you to our guest, Ken Tizzard. More great interviews coming soon. Take care. Let's talk and rock. It's Talking Rock with GMH.